Have we talked about anything interesting yet so far? Well, no. me and I've had a great conversation, thankfully. Oh, we haven't, Mia? Never mind. Oh, did we? we? <laughs> I don't even remember. I have like short-term amnesia. It's oh, happening it a lot at work too, where like I forget everything that was said in the last few minutes. I did have a proposal for you guys. Um about I'm already you. married, but thank you. God what thank you, Jake. Thank you, You're Jake. Welcome. Of course. Mm, it's gonna be two guys to... at the pizza place. Um <laughs> two guys who own the pizza place. <laughs> business partners um no so i was thinking uh depending on how busy we are uh moving forward maybe just doing uh fewer episodes that are longer so like next month october uh when what if wraps up we could do like a two-hour episode where we go through all the episodes as like pizza slices and then and then in november we could do an episode for eternals december we do an episode for spider-man and if anything comes up in between and anybody wants to talk about it, we can do another episode. But I figure. Uh, well, we will have weekly for Hawkeye coming out uh, in December. Oh, that's or right. November. Yeah. And um, I think we, we want, should do weeklies. No... Okay. Yeah. For I think Hawkeye. we should do weeklies for the episodes. Yeah. So if possible. But just for the, I think fall, I mean, the beginning of fall, I don't know about you guys, but I've been pretty swamped and busy and. Um, I figured I didn't want to bug you guys with messages being like, hey, what's happening? I figured you're both pretty busy. So, but with. Like I said, I think we were all feeling that because I was all like, I guess the boys are busy. Well, no, that's the thing. Is I, <laughs> of course, I did my anxiety thing where I was like, did I mess up when I saw them in person? Did I say something wrong? Yes. No one's talking. You touched my left boob. It was awkward. And then I had to never talk to you again. I did? I thought no. I gave you a hug. <laughs> no. And like, also, ch- if you had, that? that would not bother me in the slightest. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, if it was like that, it would be weird. <laughs> it would only be I weird mean, if you didn't do it back, Mia. <laughs> yeah, exa- <laughs> it's how I say hello, Mia. <laughs> well, Lefty got her her love and Righty's a little jealous. So. <laughs> uh, next time you gotta, hi, how are you? <laughs> Even it out. Hello, how are you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, a firm handshake. It's just... Yeah, it's a sign of respect. God, that's terrible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and all the feminists just shut the pot. Yeah, right. God. Damn Ladies, yeah. you can also grab my boobs if you want, because I would also. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. But it's equal, equal opportunity uh, boobage. Uh, I like that that's the issue. Not that I did it, but that they didn't do it. That's the no, problem. No, I mean, that so is like, the no, no, problem. No. You can Two guys, a girl, and six boob grabs. Um, just for the record, again, didn't do it. I didn't it didn't happen. I made it up. <laughs> hey, Jake, remember that time? <laughs> uh, oh God, this took is pieces this of is your terrible. your discussion out of context and cut them together. I do, and it's starting to come back to me now pretty quickly. <laughs> My all right. it's all coming back to me now. Sorry. <laughs> nice. Baby, baby, baby. You guys ready? You ready to do this? Yep. I was born ready. <laughs> All right. Everyone and welcome to another episode of Two Guys, a girl, no. 
in Stanley's Pizza Place. <laughs> Did you just burp? You okay, Jake? I, I'm fine. <laughs> Jake, uh, so it's it's going to be one guy, a girl in Stanley's Pizza Place by the end of the episode. No, everything's good. We said it. We did it perfectly. There was no issues. <laughs> no issues. <laughs> but this is welcome to episode number 22. Hey, old enough we to drink. somehow made it. And um, yeah. Uh, and But can't th- rent a car. We can't rent a car. Uh, so stop who asking. wants to rent a car just steal a car like no you you wouldn't steal a car would you <laughs> you you wouldn't pirate music for this piracy video yeah, would you exactly see you get it get what's it. that a bud light line is that a b double l it's a b double l in a, in oh, a bottle yeah. for the record the i wouldn't party drink potion that baby can. you're going for it it's my summer drink of choice it's it amen amen mia what do you got drinking Oh, I'm drinking our sponsor's drink, Polar <laughs> Seltzerade. This week's not Please sponsor official. us. I mean, I literally drink it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's raspberry pink lemonade seltzerade, and it's delightful. That sounds it delicious. Delightful. Wait, is it actually lemonade, or is it like a seltzer that is? It's a seltzer made lemonade. Tastes like it's lemonade. Seltzerade. It's seltzerade. Seltzerade. So it's seltzer, but it's it seltzer. has like a lemon. It's just flavored with lemon. No, it's a cherry lemonade seltzer. Does it have like is it actually flavorful or is Kim, it? Have you the never had a polar a seltzer ever? A seltzer I mean, aid? I, I don't remember. There are sponsor, and you've literally you never, never had a seltzer aid. They, they no, love this is us the bit. so you, much. This this is how you set up a bit. Is one of us doesn't know, and the other one explains the the benefits of said product. It's a sparkling just... water with the essence of fresh lemons. Oh, and cherry. also raspberry. Oh, sorry, raspberry. Because it's <laughs> yeah, because it's pink lemonade. It's there pink is lemonade. a cherry lemonade one. There is. There is. There's many, many aids. The the seltzer aid is my favorite of the polar line. Yeah, Caleb. God doesn't know his seltzer aids. As Mia said, there's <laughs> yes, many, many aids. True story. If I oh. manifest us a sponsor, it might happen. It could. That's the secret. Got to put it out there, baby. Polar has I mean, the you've been manifesting us merch. You've been manifesting merch for quite a while, Jake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure since episode one. I haven't gotten a t-shirt yet, but I will. Oh. We will. Oh, oh, am I getting messages? I am. Ooh. From who? Oh, okay. Um, Are oh. you popular? No, I did. You, well, you know, popular. I was auditioning for a show, as I mentioned before the podcast. And Ooh, tell us everything. Tell the public everything. I auditioned for a show, uh, a musical. A musical. I like that you just repeated what you already said. That <laughs> tells everything and you just repeated. And tonight was the second a night musical. of auditions. I was just curious who was there. So a friend of mine, um, uh, just messaged me and said uh, who we I knew was there. Oh, you're scoping the competition. Who's the competition? Yep, yep. I like that me and I are in the same wavelength tonight. We're oh, we are. We're connected. That's 100% yeah. what I'm after. Um, and then also had messages from Jake Cody because he was late. I um, wasn't, though, because you weren't ready. So really, I wasn't late, to be fair. that you That's not how that works. It was because you weren't ready to go. I wasn't ready Diana because not all of my Diana was promptly available. Diana, Diana was, was yeah. Available. We should do two girls, a guy in Stanley's Pizza Place next hey, time. Hey, Mia. Seven pizza points to you for being ready. None to Caleb oh. Rye for not being ready. 
Well, For our listeners, Jake. Um, earlier when the boys were doing their things and not here, um, I hit out a screen and then held up my Wonder Woman doll in front of my microphone as if Diana were going to continue the podcast in my place. I just, it's okay. a really cute little Diana, too. I Isn't really like that figure. Yeah, I really so, like that. She's, so, she's very weighty. <laughs> you know what so that heavy. reminds me of? Oh, no. You know what, what that reminds me of? It's why the podcast got the podcast name. Really? That's an interesting yeah, connection enough, that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. No, it's because, you know, when I think about it, I think of the time that we were all uh, together thinking about reasons to name the podcast, what we named it. And we were throwing wow. names around. And boy, did you know what? Boy, did we laugh. Remember we that, did. gang? It's been 20. Cried. It's almost 22 episodes long now. And boy, did we laugh when we made this podcast mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, what happened to the laughter, guys? Caleb is checked oh, out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Caleb's <laughs> <Done>. out. <laughs> like i'm gone he doesn't care for this bit anymore and it breaks my heart he heard the bit and he just turned away from the mic i don't need to worry about this jake's got that part hey caleb why don't you look at me during the bit anymore (laughs) because i'm thinking of someone else (laughs) i knew it i knew it but Uh, you know what you know who i'm thinking of simu lu because today we're talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's funny. It's funny you bring up Shang-Chi because uh, in Shang-Chi, they they reference the the, why we have the podcast name because we see a familiar face from uh, from Marvel past in it. And every day, the Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton gains more and more power in the MCU, despite all of our despite all of our not despite because. Oh, you think it's because. Um, so we decided to take everyone's least favorite Marvel movie, Edward Norton's The Incredible Hulk, and combine it with an outdated TV reference to give you all the special chance to listen to three uh, big nerds talk about Marvel shit that they love. So welcome. Caleb, what were we talking about today? Oh, that's not loud at all. It was not, saying, but I still was, loved was it. Was that Voldemort saying a It was Voldemort. It absolutely was. <laughs> Why? Um, because I wanted well, to just, kill that bit. I think bit. he murdered you. I wanted to murder that bit. Um, that bit will never die. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The newest movie from uh, Marvel Studios. Have you heard of this studio, Jake? Mia? Marvel? Seen this? You heard about this? Marvel Studios. Marvel? Marvel. Is it, is it like, is it <laughs> like, like DC? Um, is it like I, that? Does it I, have to do with Harry Potter? Because you played a Harry <laughs> Potter clip. Um, it must be. Are must there wizards? Be, yeah. I th- there are. Uh, w- wizards without hats. Uh, are there Swiss wizards that I like to call Swizzards? Swizzards? Oh. <laughs> I sent a TikTok to <laughs> Mia this week. And I don't know if that would got me a really good. I don't know. I don't get notifications well on TikTok. Okay. Well... Uh, on on the talk of ticks, there was a comparison. Um, first, they showed uh, the CGI from Loki when uh, classic Loki is like creating Asgard in the finale, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like ooh, and then it compared it to the CGI in this season of the Flash, and uh, uh, it was just like Marvel versus DC. Who's winning the TV game right now? I feel like the CW's budget and Marvel Studios' budget's a little different, and I, that's me yeah. defending DC a little bit. Like, 
You know, they have there. And then because you heard every- it here first, folks, Jake likes. Zach I Snyder, love the CC. Flash, the TV anyway, show. Who doesn't like <laughs> the Flash TV show? I like I like the C Dubs stuff. I think they've done some very fun stuff. I think um, particularly the early seasons, the Flash TV show is fantastic. I haven't actually watched it. I mean, did it did it get a little? You haven't watched it, Caleb? I've watched it. It is pretty good. Um, no, I just it's 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 a pretty big universe to get into because there's like the Arrow and then Flash, much better than Supergirl. That's for sure. You know what, Jake? (laughs) You know what, Jake? It is. It is better. I respect they you care. and respect they care. Your, your, your right to have a, a different opinion than mine. You know what, though, yeah. if we're going to if it. we're going to have like a respect have you. like a, yeah. a comic book studio smackdown about CGI. Probably the only thing that I did not like about Shang-Chi and I know we haven't technically started yet was the CGI animals. They looked a little silly, friends. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, uh, not but not the I great protector, but just the rest of them. It looked like I was walking into like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory of bad CGI. You didn't like and Morris? that. You and that's a point. movie, not a TV show. So no excuses. No excuses. It's fair. Um, so but let's real quick. Uh, this this is wildly off the rails already. Um, I'm no. Caleb. Let's we should maybe introduce ourselves just a little bit. <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> Who are we? I'm oh, we Caleb. I'm your moderator this week. With me, as always, <laughs> are my co-hosts. Uh to my uh digital direction is the uh is 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 my fabulous co-host, Mr. Jake. Uh J JC in the his apps. How's it going? Terrible introduction you've given me. <laughs> You what get a, what you deserve. What, a, what an absolutely terrible. Hi, everyone. It's Jake Cody. How are you? God. I'm, you know what? That's I'm going introduce, to introduce me. Yeah, I don't have anything to yeah, follow Go that. ahead. You can do round robin. Ooh. Then, do, we're doing our little round robin. Row, row, row your boat. Gently row, down row, the row your boat. I picked a different key. I don't know why. Wait, it just happened. all seem to say throw cares away. Um, and to my diagonal left, we have the one, the only, Mia Foley Perone. That's me. You know, it's funny. Anytime you guys say like where everyone is, it's not where they are for me. I know. I know. It's all, it's a real mess. I feel like the scarecrow in, in Wizard it's of true. Oz. I mean, on my screen, Mia, you're to my right and Jake's to my bottom. What are you Jake's saying? Jake's to your bottom. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> and Um, as we said earlier this will just be two guys in a pizza place and i'm gonna check out because they've already decided who's the bottom i'm just at the bottom that's different (laughs) let's talk about some mc news our first primary category uh what's going on in the marvel universe hawkeye trailer hawkeye trailer trailer dropped Mm mm-hmm I literally uh, have no idea when the last time we talked about MC News is, I and therefore I'm so. not sure what's old and what's new. It was it, it was after everything big, but before Hawkeye. Um, so we the got most. the Eternal trailer. I don't think we got we the Spider Man trailer. I don't know if we got the Spider Man trailer. Oh, yeah, I don't we, think we did get. No, the didn't I? Because I mentioned it. Uh, something about like I I mentioned something about the trailer. We think we talked about Doc Ock. Doc we Ock? definitely talked about this. We definitely okay. talked. About this. Um, I, I 
I admit, as, as you may have noticed, I have not been able to find the time to edit uh, our Black Widow episode, but that will be out yeah, before wait. this episode. Yeah, um, so that's not even out yet. We haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm so much. I've been very busy. I apologize to our wonderful fans who have been waiting two months for an episode. <laughs> I know. I actually had someone ask me, like, "Hey, are you gonna release? I'd really like to hear what you guys have to say about uh, Shang Chi." And I was like, oh, what? somebody likes us. Who I know. Cares what we have and to then, say? Again, I, then again, I thought my friends were mad at me after meeting me. So I was like, I maybe we'll do an episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yes. We're, uh, so I'm going to finish editing that this weekend and then I'm going to edit this episode. And so I'll put both out probably next week. Um, and then uh, and then we'll discuss what's to come in the future. Ooh, Hawkeye trailer looks but, fantastic and like a- the best way to spread Christmas. You know what I'm most it's excited about everything. is the Rogers the musical. Everything about Rogers that trailer the musical was like it was just it just made me so happy. Sending it to the most wonderful time of the year and everything about it. I'm just so jazzed on that There's, show. I'm excited for the show. I want to be very clear. That looks like a really fun show, and I can't wait for like our our first like Marvel Christmas thing, barring Iron Man three, which is a, a Christmas movie. Um, it is 100. I agree, but. There was someone mm, suspiciously missing from that trailer. Who was that, Caleb? Hawkeye's lovely wife and also Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. She's also in Freaks and Geeks. She's quite and a story career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cardinelli all the way. Where is she? She'll be there. Where is she? She'll be there. Is she's she going to be there. Is she dead? No, she no. Know. How would she be dead? No, she's not. Why would she have died? Yeah, Caleb. God. He would not be this well adjusted if his no, wife had died. He's trying to make the family happy. He's doing what he can. Maybe. Well, um, I'm excited because I'm not a huge Haley Steinfeld fan. Oh, I am. And I, oh, keep going. I thought she looked great in the trailer. I'm excited about it. Like I thought she looked funny and cocky and um everything you want in in a in a spry whippersnapper that's going to take over for the old man and i loved it she she seemed great i can't wait to see her mm-hmm. just to give you the comic spin too there was like some panels that were directly out of the matt fraction david Aja hawkeye too that so it's like there's some bits there that i was like oh my oh my god and which is one of my favorite comics so to see like actual panels being represented in the trailer i was very excited it's gonna mm-hmm. it's um boy i'm jazzed about that i'm so excited um I'm glad you guys are excited too. Cause I'm, I think even if it wasn't like a Marvel movie, like that trailer was just like enough to get me like excited about a weird Christmas action romp. Like that's yeah. Oh yes. Very much up my alley. So I was just really excited in general too. Also there's a dog and I think it was a one-eyed dog. Pizza. Lucky, lucky the pizza dog. I told you it was a trivia question guys. Remember yeah. I remember. This? Cause I guessed his name was going to be bullseye, which was a terrible guess because Kong after Shu. guessing that. <laughs> Because after ah. guessing that, I'm like, wait a minute, Bullseye's a villain. They wouldn't name Bullseye the dog Bullseye. <laughs> like, I didn't want to say it, but the name, like, and then like, the you know, I just in the moment thought it was such a clever guess for an archer dog's name. Super cute dog's name. Super cute dog's name. Especially for an archer. archer. Yeah, hundred um, yeah. percent. Also, anyways, that was me being dumb. We'll just weren't being it. dumb. It was a good guess. How dare you? Um, the other good thing that happened this week uh, from MCU news was that apparently Andrew Garfield said that the, the apparently leaked picture of him 
on set with uh, Tom was a Photoshop and not real. Oh, I watched that. He's such a liar. Do you see him giggling the whole time? He's he's so terrible. But the problem is I don't want to get my hopes up and have them not come true because I Mm -hmm. don't want to be disappointed. So I'm trying to think it's not true. I'm trying to think because I'm still going to love it even if they're not in it. I'm still going to love it. Yeah. But I just don't want to I don't want to be disappointed even if the boys aren't in it. Um, Did you? Oh, God, I can't remember whose story this is, but there was a. It was like a recent addition to the MCU, and I don't remember, but there's an MCU actor who's telling a story about how they had been cast and they said something that was completely innocuous in an interview that they would think had was no kind of spoiler at all. It was something like about his costume or like his hair color or something like that. And he got a text message from Marvel Studios that was just like, you have something like, and that's one. Like, and you've been warned like some kind of ominous threatening text message so i, I can just it. imagine that andrew garfield has received some kind of mafia type threats to keep his One. freaking mouth shut and yeah so i'm impressed oh, whose story was that i'll have to look it up it was funny that's because they don't tell tom anything like they don't give him scripts yeah, until he shows up on set and uh, yeah they've learned they can't they learned their lesson him and uh um, i remember watching Mark ruffalo the <laughs> live so stream he did when he got the Avengers poster and it was so like genuine and innocent when he like pulls it out and on the side facing the camera, it says, do not show to the public. And he's like, Oh man, this poster's awesome. And then he like turns it around and holds it below his head. So he can't see it. And then like lifts it up. And <laughs> I was like, Oh, Tom. Oh, Mark you, Ruffalo Tom? You innocent. Once- left his phone on a live stream in his pocket during a screening, like a cast only screening or like a first edition screening of Avengers. <laughs> and like the audio went out to the world. It's the best. It's my uh, favorite. I love um, when they mess up. It makes me laugh. Yeah, other news. Uh, this is less exciting, but Marvel has like uh, reserved like four slots for like basically saying we've got four new movies coming at the beginning of like, 2023 20, 20, i believe yeah, yeah. so that. um oh my god we've got so much content coming we got a lot of stuff. I mean, we still have eternals and spider-man this year and it's mm-hmm. all the year's almost over like that's a, and lot, hawkeye. that's a lot and hawkeye and we still have like four more episodes of what if or something like that i think we got a mid-season what if trailer that just came out too looks like we're gonna have some crossover gang mm-hmm. i'm excited which i mean uh, i feel like we all kind of knew the way they left some of those like dangling at the end so makes sense <laughs> you said dangle <laughs> that is really hitting you bud uh all right so today we're talking about shang chi though that's that's all the empty news we got um and i've got the pizza pie of uh possibilities also today Ooh. i'm gonna christen the the pizza ring of possibilities i get it but mia am i forgetting something before the pizza ring is well, it- I just don't remember what happened in Shang-Chi. It's been oh, so long. If only someone right. could just recap it for what us. What could possibly, what, I mean, what if the audience has like, they saw it when it first came out and it's been like mm. two weeks, but they may need yeah. a refresher. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, why don't we go to our, mm. our, our classic refresher um, recap master. Mr. Jake Cody. Um, and watch that movie the other day again. <laughs> Jake, I just, could you... Could you just give us the audience a, a quick recap of you know what happened in the movie? 
Um, but yeah, you know what? It, I, I feel like we're wasting all of your talents and your no, presence. If you just tell us what you are, why don't you, you know, you know what the audience really wants to hear. I don't is know what they want to hear. They, they, they want to hear Trevor Slattery. Tell us what happened in this movie. <laughs> I, I so I can, do too. I don't know if I can do a Ben Kingsley as Trevor. Uh, hold on. <laughs> he has to mute in practice. <laughs> I should do a super cut on YouTube. You really of should. All the Jake mutes. Just like <laughs> this one's got a lot of expressive faces, <laughs> and his hands are moving quite a bit. I really want him to, I, I want to like switch it up. I'll make him do it as like Ben Kingsley Mandarin. That would be really funny after he just practiced. All right. When he comes so, back, just be like, as I the think, Mandarin. I think I've got it. I think he sounds a little bit like this. He's a little British, but he's got a bit of a weird <laughs> pop to it. So, hello gang. Here we are. You're probably wondering what happened in Shang-Chi. So here I am, and I'm going to tell you, and it's a bit of a blast. So just buckle up and take a ride, and just here we are. So uh, is Shang-Chi, he's a kung fu kind of person. He's uh, the you know the punches and the kicks, and he does a lot of that. But it's a sh- sort of thing. We don't talk about it. He's uh, working in San Francisco. Weird he didn't see Ant-Man. Uh, who am I to say? I don't know. You think he would have seen him? He didn't. Um, so he's uh, he's parking cars. He has friends with Aquafina. He's having a good time. And then, uh-oh, boss fight. Out of nowhere, big boss fight. What are you gonna do? Uh, is it boss fight? And then he's he becomes a YouTube celebrity. Turns out, oh, 10 rings. That's the thing that uh, me, Trevor Slattery, uh, got in trouble with for pretending to be one. But I'm not in the movie yet, don't say anything. Mom's the word. <laughs> um, so, um, so boss fight goes over to find a sister because oh, trouble's coming. Uh, then we see, uh, and we see Wong and we see uh, Abomination fight, and then he meets his sister, and they're super badass too. Um, and then uh, they get found by the cool ninja with the mask, and then the cool daddy bad ninja with the ten ring shows up, um, and. <laughs> Uh, that's when it really all kicks off. Turns out he's trying to find his dead mum. Turns out I'm in jail the whole time. And I've got a weird little dog with no face. He's my best friend. Um, and then, uh, you know, we just, there's dragons and there's weird foxes. And then there's a the big war. And uh, now he's an Avenger, I guess. I don't know. Peace. <laughs> wow. The second and third act of that film went by real fast. <laughs> Yeah, he's, de- he's pretending to be dead for most of it. He doesn't Jake, remember most of it. Six and a half pizza yeah, he points did have his eyes for that closed. impression. He did have his eyes closed for a lot of it. So um, I think I that was, I think six and a half is exactly how many uh, out of 10 is how good that was. I think that was, it was okay. It wasn't great. I'll take six and a half. Thank you. Very kind. Six and a half. All right. So uh, we as I mentioned, have brought back the pizza pie of possibilities. Sorry, I had to turn away because I was looking at my computer and I don't know how to do things. Caleb, I'm going to be honest. You sounded so bored that last sentence. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded so unimpressed and bored. The energy level is not there. Just, just absolutely let the air out of that balloon. Uh, Let me take two. Take two. Take two. Take two. Take two. (laughs) Aren't you drinking? Shouldn't you have a bit of a pep in your step? Drinking makes me tired, Jake. <laughs> you couldn't drink past that. You gotta go past that that line, baby. 
He looks oh, dead now. Uh, oh, he no. died. Take two. <clears throat> so we return to the pizza pie of possibilities. No, it's worse. No. It's somehow worse. You've That's done a overcompensating. Bad. You're too much. I too mean, much. <laughs> you were you went down here and then you went up here. There's nothing in the box. Dun 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 dun. Okay, let me do this again. Close. Me, do you uh, want to do it? <laughs> I want to see how many I'm trying takes to share my to scene. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's share your scene. Of possibilities today, known as the pizza ring of possibilities. And as always, we have various topics to discuss on it. And today, quite fittingly, as you might have guessed, we have exactly 10 topics. Uh, and they are as follows. Uh, the post-credits, mid-credits, Trevor Slattery, 10 rings items. So we're talking about the, the actual rings. Uh, 10 rings organization. Uh, Shang-Chi, you know, the title character. Uh, the first rule of Black Market Fight Club. Uh, Tallow, goodbye. Uh, oh, I <laughs> Fing I, Fang Foom Goes it. the Dynamite. And Soul Sucker, I hardly knew her. No. <laughs> No, I got a little creative towards the last part. But. Oh, that's why you weren't ready when I showed up because you were making funny names, making funny names, Jake. So um, we'll kick this off and spin the wheel. There's music and screaming and stuff. Uh, so here we go. Oh, wow. This is a funky one. Ooh. That's very cool. The Ten Rings, the items themselves. Uh, okay. So let's let's talk about those ten rings. The they are a little different than the actual comics. Um, Mia, Jake, does anyone want to? Anyone have a uh, knowledge about the original comic rings? The ten rings in the comics are pieces of alien technology that each represent different bits, and they sort of work on magic, but they're alien business. But they're literally ten rings you wear on your fingers, and each one does a different thing, basically, that the Mandarin wears. Uh, they're weird. And they that's really all you need to know about it. Don't they also have like the soul of the trapped warrior and the, the different powers or the strengths of that warrior or something like that? Some that sounds junk right. like I, that. I, I yeah, the <laughs> junk like that. Uh <laughs> let's let's verify. I, I know, know one of them's one... lightning, <laughs> and that's exciting. Yeah, they each that's and... the thing is they each have like a different like lightning or something where like that's they each have their own unique power basically you know it's interesting because some of them are very similar to the infinity stones like there's one called the liar but it really just creates like an illusion of the world around you which is very similar to uh uh you know the reality stone stone that we've all met so yeah it's interesting or a witch there Um, is the remaker influence spin spectral nightbringer Diamonic, incandescence, lightning, zero in the liar. I'll be honest. I'm glad that they didn't throw all of that at us in this first movie. I feel like it's a good thing to get into in the sequels, which I really hope there are sequels. Um, but oh wait, those are not the names of the rings. The names of the, those are the people who the who have worn the rings separately. Wow. Liar being it, someone who did. No, I thought those are the names of the rings. Uh, the the rings yeah, because themselves. like the. Inf- are matter rearranger ring, poison gas, 
uh, impact beam ring, vortex beam ring, disintegration beam ring, black light ring, white light ring, flame blast ring, mento, sorry, mento intensifier ring, M-E-N-T-O, like the mint, mento intensifier ring, electro blast ring, ice so blast minty. ring. I think the first <laughs> thing you said mento. was right. No, I those think the were first thing hosts. you said was right because the liar uh, cast illusion that made it look like the entire set remained custody to take the truth. The rings chose the following hosts. They were hosts who once wore the ring. Mm, uh, all right, they, whatever. Anyway, so, <laughs> so the, the, but they're they're actual like finger rings in the comic books, and so for the movie, they've altered them to be these like armbands, um, right? That and when those rings chose a singular person to wear them. That's when lightning uh, became like, uh, like it was a different person. So like Remaker was a warlord who named himself. Like it was different people. Like when um, Diamonic was the was Mole Man from the Fantastic Four villain. Like and he got that ring and became Diamonic. So lightning was a displeased Broadway director who would name himself Lightning Conductor when he got the ring. <laughs> Hawkeye setup. Exactly. It's all I, there, baby. Rogers the music. I, I think it's okay that they didn't showcase the individual powers of the rings yet. Um, I think it's too similar to what we saw with the gauntlet and the infinity stones. And I think it also opens the possibility to seeing Shang-Chi develop his powers. Mm. Like one of the things that's really interesting about the MCU movies is watching the development, particularly even the power development of characters. You said all it with Tony, where as we went from movie to movie, his his suits become more advanced. Right. Iron Man becomes a stronger threat. Uh, you see it very specifically with Thor. I mean, every movie he has, he discovers something new and he's bigger, badder, scarier than the prior Thor. So I think it's kind of good to leave him somewhere to grow if that's the intent. If the rings always just stay as they are now, I'm kind of okay with that too. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if one of the things that I liked in the movie was when when Shang-Chi was battling the Mandarin, before his father gave him the rings in like that moment at the end of his life, Shang-Chi took them. He took them from his dad and then gave them back so that he, which I really appreciated. And it makes me wonder if just the dad was limited by who he was as a person and his character and he wasn't able to invoke the pull powers of the rings and when we see somebody worthy wielding the rings that maybe those additional powers will show their face for shang chi that's uh me i think you're absolutely on to something and we're going to talk about it when we get to post credit stuff but i think it's very important to recognize that the, the rings were blue when the mandarin wore them and they were orange when shang chi checked uh, took them and i want to talk about that more so when we get to post credit stuff but mm. i think it's a huge part of it uh, and I love that you brought that up. Um, I also think that it's super uh, cool that you just introduced sort of like a new item into the MCU. Because like when you think about like what are like the big items and important items in the MCU, Infinity Stones, Caps, Shields, Thor's Hammer, things like that, to have a new cool item like the Ten Rings is really exciting. And it adds more like depth and excitement to the universe. And like just what those rings could do on screen were, was so cool like what mm-hmm. a cool way to take an item that is not like is something in the comics totally different and make it a vehicle for creating a cool action sequence like when he throws them and he uses them to run on top of them and like he wins by literally shredding a dragon to pieces by spinning them for like it's like those are sentences sentences i never thought i would say 
And then I watched the movie and going, of course, why wouldn't someone use their magic power rings to shred a dragon to pieces like a, uh, like a, like a garbage disposal. That's the stuff. That's the kind of stuff I want to think about. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Nice. Um, that's really interesting. I, 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 when you were describing the rings from the comic books, uh, I, did anybody else watch Jackie Chan adventures growing up? And I, I just immediately thought of the talismans and how they each yeah. have their own thing. And if you get multiple ones, it's like, that would be cool. And I think to a certain degree, you could do that in the future movies. Uh, like you, Mia mentioned, like discovering the, the powers of them and what, what you love, what they can do. And um, but less so than like how, overt it was with the infinity stones i think there's some room for flexibility with what they could do so all right should we move on find another topic i think so i don't think i have anything else to mention about the rings i just think they were a great character in the film like i felt like they were they were more so than just an item like they had a great like that scene where um what what is, is is it uh, what's the Mandarin's name? Is Wen Wu, um, right? Uh, yeah, it's Wen Wu. Wen no, Wu, it's Wen Wu. You. You're right. Um, Wen Wu, when he's walking in after to to get revenge on the people that killed his wife, and you just hear like the rings like clinking on his arms as he has that suit coat rolled up, and you just see the rings all stacked on his arms after putting them back on for the first time. Like and you just mm-hmm. see, like the sound effect of the rings and hearing them in their presence weighed heavy in the movie in a way that I was like there for because it made it matter. They had a literal and a figurative weight to them. And I really enjoyed that. Part of me wondered, and I don't know if this is true or not, but when we put the rings up when he was married um, and yes. raising a family and he put them back on upon losing his wife and um Part of me drew this weird parallel to Horcruxes. So in the Harry Potter comic books, when when wearing or bearing a Horcrux, it negatively impacts who you are as a person. Like the evil of the Horcrux actually like degrades who you are and and use, and we saw Ron Weasley succumb to it in in the books and films. And part of me wondered if when he put the rings back on, if that power had some kind, I don't think the rings are inherently themselves evil, but if they maybe exemplify what the wearer is and if they, by putting them on, if it degraded the man that he had built himself up to be during his marriage and let him, if, if the power of the rings kind of pulled him down too. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of regretting not putting, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in Shang-Chi, but I want to talk about the Wenwu. I want to talk about his dad. All right, uh, back to... so, so good. So good. Uh, back to the wheel of possibilities. The ring of possibilities. Hello, goodbye. It's a Beatles reference. You say hello, I say goodbye. there really is no like there's there's no theme to my puns they're just all over the place um tallow interesting place i have questions about tallow though um it is another dimension you know yes that's what they said didn't they they i think it was like a they drove through the waterfall past the mazy forest 
Um, the Maisie Forest, yeah. And I got the vibe that this Past was like the swirly, whirly gumdrops. <laughs> <laughs> Through the chocolate Hope swamp. You find your dad. <laughs> um, no, which but, is very funny. <laughs> is what? is tallow? I don't think tallow's on Earth. I mean, and if it is, it's like an alternate dimension. That's the vibe I got, though. Is that it's just this is not this is not Earth. Like this is why nobody has discovered it is because you're going through an actual portal to a different either a different dimension. I think maybe. they went through a portal, but I think it's still on Earth. Is my thoughts on it? Are we going with the I Hollow think... Earth theory? Is it? <laughs> no, this is not uh, Godzilla vs Kong. As much as I love that movie, um, I think that it's like. It exists at Earth, but it's like it's it might it, I think dimensionally is fine, but it might like a pocket dimension. But I still think like if those things got out, it would have affected Earth in the long run. I don't know mm-hmm. how I don't really know why, um, but that, Mia, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I felt like it was one of those like, you know, how in the like the different multiverse theories in, in real life, not just in the MCU how the idea is that there's multiple universes that exist all simultaneously and they occupy the same space. Um, That's sort of what I was thinking. And they just kind of vibrate at like a different frequency. And therefore you like you, we as human beings can't perceive them. We just experience what we experience based on the limitations of our biology. Um, But that, I mean, almost all physicists that study string theory and things like that believe in a multiverse. And I kind of thought it was something similar to that where like, they just kind of popped themselves into a different perception of our world, which is possibly just another little multiverse, but kind of existing right in the same place as it would were at our earth. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I felt like they said something about it being a different dimension. I can't remember exactly how they mentioned it, but that's my theory. I um, mean, I agree. Had the threat gotten out of Talo, I think the implication of the film was that that would have been an earth threat as well. Yeah. Like an hour earth an Avengers as well. Right, threat. exactly. Um, I basically, so in the credits, I'm pretty sure they thanked Matt Fraction in it. Who's a comic book writer who famously wrote, uh, the immortal iron fist series, which is one of the, my, again, my favorite comic book, same guy who wrote uh, Hawkeye, which I've talked about multiple times now. I'm sorry to bore you guys with this, but I think a lot of where Tallow came from is where Kun Lun in the iron fist comic came from. Same idea where it's like this city, this, like this, this hidden city of, of mysticness. And it's like where, where people have trained in art or, it's it's but it's also that's also a different dimension but i think kun lun gave a lot to create talo in this world as well mm. um so i think that's sort of where that inspiration came from is from the immortal iron fist maybe with kun lun into- one day the mcu will canonically introduce kun lun into the mcu well, I kept waiting for it. I honestly was watching it, kept being like, I wonder if they're going to like mention uh, like like the immortal Iron Fist, not necessarily Danny Rand himself, but like yeah. but like the the legacy of Kun Lun and like the learning and like the Iron Fist and the dragon, like everything that has to do with it. Um, I'm glad they didn't because I wanted to focus on Shang-Chi and I liked what they did that it didn't. But knowing that that comic in the, the is like is a really good comic. I was like I was interested to see if they connected them at all. And I'm guessing that sort of they inspired from it and took and put it into this, which was really good. It was really good. I I, I okay. We we kind of mentioned this before though. Uh, crazy animals uh, slash Pokemon. 
that was a it was basically a nine tails yeah there's yeah. nine tails in there for sure uh, although to be fair uh the uh i think they're called kitsune in uh in asian folklore but it's the the nine tails is like a fox folk yeah. is is a recurring creature in in uh eastern folklore kind of like gnomes and elves in western folklore that makes sense. I was good with them. I just wanted them to look not so cheesy. <laughs> like I felt a little bit like I was walking into like a fantastical dream world instead of a fantastical real world. Like they just didn't feel real to me, even though it was great watching the lion type creatures and being involved with the fight. And um, the lion were dragons great. were my favorite part. Oh, for by sure. far. Like, yeah, those um, were awesome. Aside from like the faceless pig dog, which was also really cute. Yeah, the face, the face, the Morrises, the Morris and its family was great. Like, like, what a weird, uh, which I guess it was based off of. There's a piece of like um of of art that those are like sort of plucked right from. From what I I saw that online, I should have found. It's just hard. Held on to it. Yeah, it's just hard because we've seen them do CGI in such so realistic. Like, there's never a point where I'm staring at Thanos. And I'm like, that's a guy in a green suit. And I'm just kind of looking at like a computer generated version of that man. And the second I saw the little fox and the little creatures, I'm like, this is somebody creating things via CGI. And I don't think this looks real. That's all. That's all. Well, and so that's why I kind of leaned into that alternate dimension kind of thing is because when we're first introduced to Tallow, we're the first thing we see are those fantastical animals. And I mean, there's no real easy way to like go from like Iron Man building a an armor in the desert out of necessity to dragons. Um, Tony Stark, built but that the dragon the looked great. That's the, the thing. Like, I actually felt like it was really just the silly creatures in the beginning that looked bad, but that the Great Protector looked fantastic and terrifying, as did all of the villains from the Soul Sucker, which I'll save for that. But I thought the animation there was fantastic and the cinematography was exactly what you wanted it to be it was almost like we can't do nice well we can only do like action fighting well i don't know that's my only critique so i mean that's what it is there's my hot take (laughs) it's it's not not even that hot of a take you can leave (laughs) your your hot take is you don't care for cgi that much which is i think fine like that's very reasonable i don't care for cgi that is it's really tricky because you have to play that balance to avoid the uncanny valley, right? right. You have I've, to make it. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I've heard the saying that. Um, for, that money know, can't buy happiness. No, frankly, I agree. No, money can definitely buy happiness. Um, it certainly can. <laughs> if it didn't, people wouldn't <laughs> want it. Um, no, the, but I've heard the saying that uh, one of the best compliments you can get as like a, a VFX artist is that nobody could tell you uh, like you worked on the movie. Um, but then I've also heard from VFX artists in like DVD commentaries and stuff that that's not always true. Sometimes they like to work on those things that are really out there and, you know, you're going to know that these weren't real, but, but, you know, it's just the, the trying those different things. So from like, I'm not a visual effects artist, but if if, trying to relate artist to artist, I can be like, okay, I can appreciate that, you know, you're making something that absolutely cannot exist. And our brains are going to be like, that's not real, but you're going to do your best to make it kind of find some gap. And so, you know, it's not going to be perfectly real, but it's a, it's an attempt. And I applaud them that point a lot. 
Caleb, five points to you. Yay. Um, somebody finally gave me points. I'm Ian, a real how boy. Hard, how hard was it for you to not say fantastic beasts during that whole uh, thing? Oh, just, just repeatedly. About? I leaned over to my husband <laughs> and I was like, Newt's commander would be losing its mind right now. <laughs> That's literally what I said. Nice. I thought it might. And then he was like, Shh, don't talk during the movie. <laughs> no that one. talking. <laughs> Except nicer because he loves me. <laughs> right, of course, of course. What about the um, husband? <laughs> <laughs> the the people the the like the society that lives in Tallow and the weapons they use, like what? Oh, the dragon scale weapons. That's yeah. like some stuff I would make up in a D and D campaign, and that <laughs> honestly fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, this village lived there, and they were given parts of a dragon scale, and that's how they create their weapons for all eternity, and they're super powerful. I was like. Uh huh. Yes, absolutely. Like I was like that was I was into it. One hundred percent into it. It reminded me of Game of Thrones because wasn't that the only oh, um dra- the only thing that impacted obs- the obsidian obsidian White Walkers? Like, they called which they called Dragon Class, which was what they got for the White Walkers. Um, actually, yes, Caleb, go ahead. <laughs> Caleb, did you have something to add to what I said? Drag uh, dra- Dragon Glass. Did you just repeat the name of what it was? <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Yes. Just checking. Just checking. I'm, so, but I'm curious. Um, what do you think? Uh, real quick, hot take. Uh, what's stronger, uh, uh, Dragon Scale or Vibranium? Vibranium. Come Vibranium. on. What is this? What is this? <laughs> you guys are just no fun. Okay. I'm, I'm going to well, say I mean, Dragon Scale. Clearly the oh, other. I mean. Magic. We I think there's a, some enchantment going on there, but there's some enchantment going on with a lot of the vibranium too. So what's she gonna do? Yeah, that's vibranium, baby. That's the best it gets. What adamantium? That doesn't exist yet. Yes. <laughs> it could be the dragon scale. Could be adamantium. Who knows? It's not. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought the the tal- the people of Talos were kind of cool i like their the the costumes they had they were very practical for what they were doing and but i still felt they like gave nod to like the heritage of eastern cultures um it was, it was a blast i thought that 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 whole scene was like i was in i was into it i was i mean I, I bought in and i enjoyed it i think that being in that realm for that last scene i was a, was a really good time like it was fun to take a weird wild kung fu like action martial arts story into a mystical realm of these dragons and just be like all right get to it like it was just sort of really unhinged when you think about it being like i don't know they're gonna uh have a war against evil ninjas against these this this multi-year fam familial like clan and there's gonna be dragons fighting in there Uh, figure it out like that on paper you're like that's that's fucking rules (laughs) Like, (laughs) like there's no it's it's just I don't know. Like, if you were to tell me the idea for that last act, I'd be like, "Yeah, okay." Like, I don't know how you're going to improve it. So go, just put it on screen. Make, make me watch it. Oh, all right. Anybody got anything else about Talos? Not Talos. Talo. Wow, that Talos is a is is not. Okay. Caleb, your energy. Caleb, watch your energy. I'm sorry. You know what? One second. One second. He's going to get another Bud Light. Mm-hmm. 
Did he fall? Did he, did he fall? Is he okay? All right, that's what you get. You get I, I'm not Caleb totally running sure. to the refrigerator for some caffeine. Hey, a Caleb. ASMR. Hey, Caleb. Caleb, is your refrigerator running? No <laughs> answer. Speaking of tallow, soul sucker, I hardly knew her. I cannot believe you named it that. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Believe it or not. Um. So let's talk about the bad guys, uh, or like the 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 bad guys behind the bad guys um the soul suckers and uh the great dark one what do they call it i just called it papa the dweller sucker. in the darkness the dweller in the darkness of course of course of that's course. what it is um and yeah so uh real quick let's talk about how they get out first off is through wenwu since i'm, I'm going to use this as our, our little We'll talk about bad guys in general, um, but oh, so fun. I like that idea. Wen Wu uh, is the main antagonist of the villain, kind of, and he's being called by the Dweller in the Darkness via the form of uh, his tricked by the trick. Yes, yeah, he's being tricked. Um, Who Wen Wu has been alive for thousands, thousands of years at this point, which I think is absolutely wild and amazing. Um, and probably the only reason he's like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably the reason he's uh, he's susceptible is because if that thing's been calling, like most things wouldn't live long enough for, for anyone to do anything about it, even if they had the power, but because he's lived so long, it's probably had time to sort of sink in and reach him. Uh, well, I think also the fact that like he had accepted his mortality because of his wife and he lost mm-hmm. Like that's some. I think Ooh, when you point. get to be a certain age, I think you want to die. You know what I mean? Like I feel like in any immortality story, you get to a point where someone's like, "I've lived too long, and I I don't want to live anymore." Um, and so like what what made him drop the rings was finding the love of his life, right? And so it got to a point with him where him taking the rings back up, he wanted to find another reason to put the rings down. Like you, no one. You, everyone wants immortality until they realize that nobody wants immortality, I feel like. So what's the one thing that made him finally accept death was his wife. And so any chance he had to accept death again into his life is, I think, exactly why he was so susceptible to, to that. It's just sort of helped my reading on it. I didn't really feel like he was seeking out death when seeking out the creature behind the wall. I thought he I thought it was 100 percent about his wife. I didn't think there was a moment where he was like, I don't care. I'm on a suicide mission. I mean, I think he would totally give his life for her. But I think his ultimate objective at the end of that was he needed her back. He didn't know who he was as a man anymore without Mm. without her in without her being in his life. And um, And yeah, not like I think one of the best things about having Tony Leung, who was freaking fantastic in this role, was that we all kind of went on that journey with him to your point like every eternal every eternal character has this path they go on every lover has a similar path they go on and he was able to weave in 
I was intimidated by him. I was scared of him. I felt bad for him. I pitied him, which is a weird way to feel about a character that I fully thought was dangerous. And when we think about all the historic fact, uh, historic atrocities that lay at his feet, um, and still to have him make me care about him. Um, he, I think he's one of the best villains we've seen in the MCU period. And that is no short, um, Hard in no short Hard order of, of being a hundred percent him being fantastic and intimidating. And his fighting was freaking amazing. Everything. I can see why he's a legend of film. I, I like, I agree a hundred percent me. I, I, and I will go so much as to say he is my favorite MCU villain we've seen thus far. And it, I think it's primarily because yeah. From the moment he walks on screen, he is absolutely 100% honest about everything he's doing and why he's doing it. There's, he is, of all the villains we've had, Dece- Deception is not, is, is nowhere near this character. He's, he's not trying to lie to his children. He's not trying, like, he, he will go to whatever ends uh, he needs to for, in this case, his wife, but it's a completely understandable um motivation it's very clear it's very honest it's not i i dare say it's not even really that malevolent it's just uh, on his way to get there he just won't let anything stand in his way and in, in an in his world he is he's being a hero he's going to bring his mother his, the mother of his children back to life right. and how, how like you said like you relate to him you you empathize for him and it it's, it's just one of the best villain performances in, in a Marvel movie we've ever had, if not the best. But just you never lost sight of him yeah. being bad, like being the bad guy. Because to your point, he was really honest about what he wanted. And until he met his wife, what he wanted was power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he ruthlessly and honestly sought that. And it didn't matter who got in his way in the same way that getting his wife back, it didn't matter who got in his way. Even if it was his children, he would beat his way through his children to get her back. It didn't matter. Um, Yeah. His performance was an absolute powerhouse performance. mm -hmm. And it's the type of stuff that you, it reminded me of seeing Loki for the first time on screen or seeing Thanos for the first time on screen. And those villains that we've grown to really love from the MCU, because you buy into it and you're just mesmerized by like, by what they're doing and he he was just fantastic in the movie like there was great performances by many people in this movie and the fact that i think he is the best performance speaks just volumes to how great the performance were across the board like it's just like he towered above them and there was plenty of good performances other than what he did like it was just he was just so he commanded the screen which was awesome to watch yeah loved him loved him couldn't have cast it better and I think that's kind of why they needed a bad guy behind him. I agree. Because, uh, as, which leads us right into our topic, which of the soul suckers and the uh, the dweller in the darkness um, is because, you know, it, it made his character that much more potent and important. And, and the, it just made it him a real character, a real flushed out villain. Um, but that, that does lead us to the soul suckers and the dweller of the deep. Uh, anyone have any idea if there is a comic book origin to this dweller in the darkness? If there, there's a that goes by a different name in the comics, I, I have nothing for you on that one, nothing that registered to me at least. He reminded me of uh, Chisulu. I'm saying that wrong, Cthulhu. Thank you. That's what he reminded me of, but I know that wasn't the inspiration. He just had lots of tentacles. What it was, it felt very like, uh, like Lovecraftian in a way, like a, like a weird elder beast behind a wall. Like, absolutely. Um, 
I'd say the only thing that bumped like my only critique, and it's not really a critique, it's just something that I was like, ah, I wanted one more, was the Death Dealer, that super cool ninja, and, like the mask and stuff that like tortured Shang Chi mm-hmm. throughout his life. Yep. They had that that super cool fight on top of the tower behind the illuminated like marquee and things like that. Like he just uh, Death Dealer just got picked up by one of the soul suckers and like carried off, and that was it for them. And I was like, oh, I wanted one more sort of like finish because that was such a cool like like design for a character and there was like this build up and out of nowhere just like, like it was just like a pickup and a, a soul sucking i was like waste oh yeah like b- build up this really rad character <laughs> there's no uh i was expecting i was expecting like some other like anything else to happen like whether that be katie who does it or 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 uh Zhailin who does it uh shang sister mm-hmm. like anybody else to do to get some sort of win over this legendary ninja and instead just one of these soul sucking bats picks picks it up and carries death dealer away to be um feed food food, food. on the flip side i thought that was going to happen to razor fist because I felt like Taser Face. Razor Fist was uh was an absolute highlight, mostly because Razor Fist owns a card that says Razor Fist on it. Um, and if that's not confidence, I wish I had that kind of confidence <laughs> in my life. I he felt like, especially in the beginning, he felt like just like a a, a lieutenant that was just gonna get like defeated. I mean, he got, the, the bus he was in got like sideswiped, but like. And you were just never going to see him again. It was just going to be like, oh, a, a powerful guy that he has to do something cool to finish off. But he just kept coming back. And then at the end, they're like, oh, you know what? Let, let's let's make him switch sides. How about that? And I was Razor like, faced survives and joins the good guys, and which is incredible. I now I just want to see him show up in another movie. Oh, I, well, we know they're coming back. We know the Terrence will return. Not to spoil for the, the post-credit scene, but... Yeah. Um, no razor fist on its way, gang. The Soul Suckers, though, I, there's, they are kind of a weak point. I, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that... Because they're kind of... We don't... I, we get a little bit of, like, lore on them, but they really keep them in this, like, ooh, they're mysterious and evil and they'll they'll kill everyone. <laughs> and yeah, they suck um, souls. in true marvel fashion it's oh we have to fight a cgi army um but not that that's bad i i like like you said that the fight was great the whole battle was awesome um but uh they suck souls and they that's, feed that's them you need to know to that's it. A cthulhu-esque demon thing that's um, it i don't think we're ever gonna see him again I, mean, no, I think it was just a, oh, no, absolutely a, a, we won't. a tool for the film, and that was all they it's were. It's like the Dark Elves. Yep. Maybe they'll show up in like collector's collection. The Dark Elf did show up yeah, exactly in the yeah. collector's collection. You know, so if we're going to suck some souls, I want a Dementor. And if it's not that, I would move on. My perfect Ray Fines. I don't know about perfect. It's perfect, Jake. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, moving on. (laughs) Back to the wheel. Here we go. Is that enough energy for you, Jake? Yeah, you're getting there. Ooh. Let's talk about the mid-credits. This is the big one, gang. This is Mm -hmm. the one. This is the this is the one that I, I generally like gasped as to what was happening. I did not expect. To see a couple faces in there, 
Um, so thrilled. this this is uh, the mid credit scene is where uh, Sean and Katie um, are having are they're doing their like restaurant date thing. No, they're not dating, but you know what I mean. They're, like hang out. Yeah, with their they're hanging out with their friend, their mutual friends. And then Wong shows up. And it's like, come with me if you want to live. Um, not what he says. <laughs> it's also not his accent, but uh, and so he brings the rings, and they're looking at the rings, and it's like, hey, uh, these are not on any known thing. Uh, how old are they? But it's and- not. It's not just. It's not just them saying it. They're talking to a couple fan favorites, baby. They're talking to Bruce. Yes, they're a beacon. They're talking yeah, to sorry. Carol. They're talking to our our dear close personal friends, and it's not just it's not Smart Hulk anymore. It's Bruce Banner, dude. No, so you guys know this, but that did not hit me until literally like two weeks after the movie. I'm sitting there thinking, and I was like, oh, I remember Mia said like he had his arm in the thing, and I was like thinking about it. And I was like, wait a second, that was that was Mark Ruffalo. That wasn't that wasn't Professor Hulk. What what what? Yeah, like I was talking about it immediately because I was trying to figure out, we don't know when Shang-Chi happens in the MCU timeline other than that it's after Endgame. Um, It's a little ambiguous as to exactly how far in the future we are. And I was trying to use that mid-credit to to time place us because I think Bruce, who is not in Hulk form anymore, looks noticeably older, but he's still clearly injured from the snap because his arm is in a sling. And so I don't know if, you know, he's just not going to heal from that. Like, that's the kind of injury that maybe he just is going to be dealing with for a long time, if not forever, or if it's more recent. And then we also have Carol, who her hair has grown out. And in Endgame, she had short hair, which just as a lady, uh, that's going to take at least a year plus to get her hair to where it was from where it was. So I'm, I was just trying to, that's why I turned to you, Caleb. And I was like, when does this happen? Because I'm trying to place it based on our two familiar characters. Because again, Shang-Chi is awesome because it's the first movie in like how many years where we've got new people everywhere with the exception of like Wong. So, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember you turning to me and I arrogantly being like, well, it's after Endgame, obviously, (laughs) Mia. What are you talking about? (laughs) It would not pay attention much. Genuinely, I was like, wait, is she trying to suggest it's between Infinity War and Endgame? I don't know. No, I was just trying to figure out how far after Endgame it, it feels was. It's a little far. I think it is. Um, but the beacon that you mentioned, Mia, is what's obviously the most interesting in setting up something more. Um, and the reason I sort of alluded to this earlier, what's really interesting is that this beacon didn't go off in the thousand years that Wen Wu was wearing it. And again, they were blue when when or maybe not blue, but they shone bluish when he was wearing them. And it wasn't until Shang Chi wears them that they turn this orange color, and that the beacon goes off. It's something. So something, whatever it may be, was waiting for someone of apparently good intent to wear them to set this beacon off. Because why wouldn't the beacon have been set off beforehand, or what wouldn't have drawn someone mm-hmm. close? Yeah, because so, like. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. I, I would love to hear what you have to say. I'm well, really I just, curious. I saw some fan theories about like, is this calling the Eternals? Is this calling Galactus? And I'm like, Francis immediately turned to me. He's like, I think it's calling Fin Fan Boom. <laughs> like, 
Why not? We just got a little just dragon. A great protector. A big alien dragon. Um, right. And, and that's what all, I think. Bang I don't think, would be awesome. I don't think Francis is necessarily wrong because in the comics they have they the they have a, a tether to uh the, the race of Fing Fang Foom. Um oh. so that makes sense. But I was thinking, and I, you know, as this is this podcast was started because we like to think of crazy weird Marvel things. Um, why who in the universe would be looking for some sort of champion, some sort of person of of of, of ability of goodness? Like who would be looking for someone who who is who is worthy of fighting? I thought. Are, are you going with Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> not Jeff Goldblum. I because you said was. champion, I, and I was I, like, he doesn't look for good people. He just looks for champions. Right. No, you're right. And I, I, my answer always wishes it was Jeff Goldblum because I always want more <laughs> Jeff. Um, but I think what if it was the Beyonder, who is the person who creates Secret Wars in the comic books? looking for someone Ooh. like because his thing was he brought the best heroes to fight the best villains that was the beyonder's whole thing and that's what the secret wars were was his made-up world of heroes fighting villains so what if the beyonder is looking and like because we're trying to think of what what sets up the next big event what's going to bring everyone together especially in this multiverse wh- who's looking for it and the beyonder is this unbelievably powerful creature person who brings in heroes to fight villains on battle world um and that was my that was my sort of stretch it's a big it's an i know it's like a crazy thought theory but i was trying to think of like who would be looking for like a champion like of good like who would be looking for someone good to fight specifically someone good and who had the power to create a weapon so sort of powerful and crazy um so does that make I, you think that maybe the rings were sent to earth to find a champion exactly because they mentioned that they might have found them in a crater um, and I think they were sent to Earth. I think they are alien technology, which is why I don't think your husband Francis is necessarily incorrect as well. That Fing Fang Fu might be a good guest because, again, it's alien technology. And I think they were sent to Earth in order to find a champion, but they were found by Wen Wu, uh, not a champion, uh, a, ch- a champion of evil. Um, and so it took these thousand years to finally have someone worthy of wearing them. And that's why they are lit as they are now. Um, those were my thoughts on it. What do you think, Caleb? What's your theories? Ooh. I mean, the Beyonder is a good theory. Think Fang Foom is a good theory. I, I, I tend to lean more towards the Eternals. Uh, not that it's calling out to the Eternals, but maybe it's calling out to the Celestials specifically. Um, the kind of design on the rings looks similar to some of the, uh, like the ship and the, the magic that they're using in the Eternals trailer. Um, and I mean... I personally would love to see those celestials show up more. We've seen them really just in guardians of the galaxy. Correct. Um, in a brief clip. And if they're coming up in internals, I I'm hoping that they would become more of a long form, uh, like villain, even more so than Thanos. Um, or maybe not even villains. some of them probably villains like the deviants. Uh, but, uh, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would cross it with the Eternals, but that would, that might, that's my thing. That's all I got. I'm The Eternals is going to be such a wild puzzle piece into the MCU. Um, I'm so happy that so soon, just to sort of see where and what it is, because it's going to, I think it's going to be a really wild sort of, not game breaking, but a, a, a bit of, I think it's going to reset a lot of the MCU necessarily as we know it. 
which is going to be very curious to see what happens. In what way? Oh, in the way that there's been in it, like an eternal ultra powerful alien group that's existed on this earth for since the beginning of, of mankind. And now they're coming to fruition. Like, like the whole thing is like, why didn't you interfere with Thanos? Like, can they really stay secret? Are they going to stay secret? Like, what does that mean for earth and for its heroes? And if like, it, it it's about raising the stakes, right? It's, it's always about raising the stakes. And that's why they did the multiverse next is because how do you raise the stakes after Thanos after a world altering magical event where he snapped and created something different? You make a multiverse where there's infinite possibilities in front of you and your stakes are immediately raised. And now you introduce a team of like these ultra powerful sent like millennia old heroes to fight alongside our heroes. We know like what balances out that great power so much. It, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see like, how because you can't introduce it's like with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's so powerful, right? And they show off her power in Endgame. She almost beats Thanos single-handedly. And he Heck yeah, she does. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> awesome. It was an incredible scene, and it takes a, a pure infinity, the power stone to knock her away. So, like when you are raising the stakes so high, something has to create danger to meet it and to exceed that. So now that you have a world where Carol exists, where the Eternals exists, where Shang-Chi and these incredible new weapons exist, what, what evil and what risk can possibly rise to the challenge to creating a threat for these characters that have such power? Did your dog fart? Is that why you're covering your nose? Yes. Sorry, my dog <laughs> is today and she farts in her sleep and it's bad. I saw the smell come over you and it was one of the funnier things I've ever watched happen in real time. As uh-huh. Mia eats her delicious spaghetti. Spaghetti. Dude, it's nine at night and I haven't eaten yet. So all right. This is what you get. Mia, Mia, what have you eaten? <laughs> Let's uh we've got plenty to go through. I had to work. Okay. Oh, that's true. I'm glad you're eating. I work uh, late like every night forever. Oh dear. Uh, so let's move right along. We're gonna uh, spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Oh, hey, maybe we should talk about main character Shang Chi. Uh, Sean. Um. So we talked earlier about manifesting something into reality, and that should just be called <laughs> pulling a Simu Liu now for, for forever. That's right. Because he's been like. Dear Marvel, yeah. I will be Shang-Chi. Love Simu. <laughs> That's how that went. And he made it. And it's awesome. He made it happen. Great. I gotta Boy, say I'll what. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, I, I did not have high expectations for this film. Not to say I didn't think it was going to be good. I just I just didn't know what to expect. So I went in with just like, let's see what happens. Simu Lu just oozes charisma the entire movie. Like right from the right out of the gate, I was like, "Okay, I like this guy. I could hang out with this guy." Like, talk about making a making yourself a star in like one go. Like, I I know that he's very good in Kim's Kim's Convenience on Netflix, um, and I've enjoyed that. I've seen some episodes of that, but like going overnight from like a a well liked actor into an absolutely international superstar, uh, that's not an easy feat to do. And boy, does he! crush it mm-hmm. it was fun to watch him it was immediately wanting him to 
like the fact that he got to speak to Wong and Carol and Bruce made me like he fit like I was I want more of it instantly like he fits along with them he can hold his own it's an exciting it's just exciting it's exciting to just to watch a new Avenger get get born in one movie yeah you know like it took it took us a while to get to where we were involved in this universe but does someone strut out into the middle of a movie and be like know what i'm doing i got this and being like i also know that you know what you were doing felt really nice i um i thought that the character of shang chi marvel had like an interesting situation here because in prior characters that they create that they brought to life on film like captain america and they have this rich source material to pull from and it's kind of like a two-sided coin. Like there are benefits and there are hindrances of, of, of having storytelling coming from something like this rich source material, because when they do something like um, Iron Man 3, where we saw the Mandarin being represented in this way that wasn't like the source material and, and people that weren't familiar with it were like, yeah, it's fine. And people that were a lot of them felt really uncomfortable with the presentation of the Mandarin and the 10 rings in that film, you know, this movie wasn't really burdened by an overwhelming urge to stick with the source material because the original Shang-Chi comic books were pretty problematic themselves and pretty racist. Like he had like a whole yellow hue to his skin. And, you know, most of the comic book characters in the Shang-Chi comics in the, in the 70s run where his character was created weren't even Asian people. He was still fighting like just random Caucasian men everywhere. And so they really had the freedom to kind of make this character into, you know, their own vision. They got they got to take this character and and mold it and create it into something just fun, fun to watch and and meaningful to people and without having to you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but it was just really neat to have them finally have almost like full freedom over a character, which I don't think the movie studios had to this point. And even some of the producers of the film that we just watched said that they had not heard of Shang-Chi before and that when they were tasked with um, bringing like a Kung Fu type character, they were immediately going to Danny Rand, but we already knew we had the TV series and like, what are we doing? Or the... Um, there's a Korean Hulk, isn't there? Like, I think there were some rumors that that was going to be Amit- who Amit- they pursued. Cho. Yes, as an Asian character. And so when when Marvel was like, no, Shang-Chi, they were like, what? So I don't know. I'm it's- rambling a little bit, but it was cool to watch the film studio be able to take such liberties and craft it into something that was really fun to watch. Well, it's the That's same it. thing. It's the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's what happens when you have someone who feels passionately about a character, even though there's not a lot of history there. You, it gives you the opportunity to create. Like, uh, there's probably as many Guardians comics when those when that movie came out as there were uh, Shang Chi or Shang Chi comics when this movie came out. Like, there's not a lot of back history there, so it gives the creators like room to play especially in the MCU where there's so much you've created this beautiful sandbox at this point. What do you do? And same thing with Eternals. There's not a ton of Eternals comics. So like they're starting to take these chances on these characters that, that, that have legacy. Like they've been around Eternals are a Jack Kirby thing. Like, like, like I said, Shang-Chi has been around since like the the seventies stamp. Like it's, it's, there's this, they've, there's these storied characters, but they haven't 
had a lot of success in print. So why not make them great as they deserve to be? And now I can guarantee you they're going to be printing Shang-Chi comics for ages. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome because I would love to read more great comics starring this character. It's like when Guardians came out, that was one of my favorite comics and no one read it. In high school, I'd literally go, please read this comic. It's about people fighting in space. And they're like, well, tell me more. I'm like, there's a raccoon in a tree. Read it, please. And they'd be like, I'm all set. And I'm like, I understand. Okay, I'm not going to push it. Um, Poor teenage Jake. You're muted, Mia. Muted, you're, mute, you're muted, Mia. Oh, I just said a raccoon in a tree. Am I watching Pocahontas? But I'm Exa- Exactly. But like, and now that it's out, I get so much more of these characters that I love because because it was successful and because someone decided to take a chance on them. And James Gunn, for whatever reason, was like, that's the one I want. And same thing with Shang-Chi. Like, we had these people being like, this is the next one we want to do. And now they've created this awesome, wild world that's just so fun to be a part of. And and we have such a, such a good lead, such a good villain. And it, it built this immediate world that I want to see more of. And I want there to be part of the greater MCU. Like, what more could we possibly want? Um, Caleb put his finger up and is walking away. I think we said something that might. Do, is he mad, Mia? Did we do a bad? No, I don't know. Maybe the puppy <laughs> had an accident. Did the puppy have another fart? No. Uh, my cats found a die and were playing with it outside the door. It's it's did like their dinner time, and so they're like, "Why aren't we getting fed? I'm gonna make noise." What did they roll? Uh, a six. On oh. a D6. So yeah. that's pretty good. Good roll. That's good roll. Um, I wanted to say though, uh, on the topic of Shang-Chi, uh he Simu and Aquafina, man, were hilarious the entire movie. Like, I want I I there are a lot of like funny sidekick characters in all of the MCU. Um Darcy uh and Agent uh Wu and um and that's it that's it it's not no but no um happy <laughs> and that's it uh, but aquafina came in and just like at no point did i ever feel like her character was too much um but i never felt it, like she was just like a sidekick though either i felt like she was like like part of it like i like i like yes she was a sidekick but she she stole many scenes like she she was interesting to watch it was fun to yep. watch um i thought that she enhanced every scene she was in it wasn't just like us being like i don't know let's include this person like i felt like she was an enhanced she enhanced scenes she was involved in personally she was also a grounding personality as well because she was comic relief but she was also grounding to this fantastical story that we were taking in well so well you know something would happen and then she'd be like right so that was, you know, I can't even remember that scene in the in the room where she first met like the pig dog creature and Trevor Slattery. And she made this comment like against the wall. She's like, I don't know. I thought this was all silly. And then I just watched a river come out of a wall and, <laughs> and make a forest out of water. Like she just had this very grounding thing where we got to take a moment as an audience and be and, and share that with her because that was <laughs> we just saw to and everyone else is going with it. No one's stopping to be like, that's weird. No one's going to say that's weird. Oh, Aquafina's going to say it's weird. Fantastic. So I, I just, I thought she was great. I don't know how she magically suddenly learned how to shoot arrows. I thought that was a little silly. I mean, I liked that she had a cool moment, but like, 
come I like now. that they addressed it in the mid credit scene too, when she's like, and I just learned how to shoot an arrow like yesterday. It was like one day. It's like, okay. oh, she sold it. Yeah. I just come on, friends. <laughs> but I Listen, love, love Doc Talented. I could chalk it up yes, to the alternate dimension. Tallow has like an effect on the people that visit it. Mm hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, one was, of the things that I really liked about one of the things I liked about peeking into Sean and Katie's life prior to us visiting, um, you know, China and taking the story elsewhere was telling the story, which I think we've seen a little bit in some more Asian centric films that have come out recently, like The Farewell, um, which also has Aquafina in it. But like they really talked about this overarching theme of the struggle of younger Asian Americans and kind of this um, headbutting of the Americanization of um, immigrant children and the Chinese culture of like ancestry and um, and it was really interesting to watch her kind of have that mini struggle with her family in America where they clearly wanted her to be more successful and they wanted her to make something of herself and the the story of like kind of being caught between like this traditional Chinese family that she has at home and wanting to be like the regular American girl and Sean kind of relating to that and then seeing that blown out tenfold when we see where Shang-Chi has come from and he's really caught between like these two different generations and these two different worlds and it was really interesting I read a review in the Rolling Stone that talked a bit about that and it was um I thought it was awesome and even though it was like this really short period of time it helped us relate with the characters more like if we hadn't had that time in San Francisco and we just plucked Shang-Chi right out and stuck him into the story arc of the remainder of the movie if we hadn't been able to parallel it with Katie's life with her family I don't know that we would have had the same connection to his journey if it would have felt like too um like I said earlier, fantastical. So I don't know. I, I thought it was, I thought she was great. I thought the relationship was great. Um, I thought the ability to to make this relatable to potentially young Asian Americans who are watching a Marvel movie and, you know, have some, have some themes to pull into their own lives were exciting. Good stuff. It's good. I'm excited to see where they take his character. Um, I like that e even confronted with all of these like fantastical things at the end they're still like or we could go do karaoke <laughs> oh we didn't talk about that part when we we're talking about post-credit that part genuinely made me laugh so hard that they cut from them to go uh like talking with carol and bruce and discussing the fate of the universe and welcome to this bigger world than you are and they yep. cut to them singing karaoke together hotel california um just which i'm going to do if i'm ever attacked by anyone ever that's my Is, new go-to thank you Aquafina. What a genuine laugh out loud that got me is when she started singing that on the side of the building. Um, oh, God. A, a Dying. crushing, gut-busting laugh out of me on that one. That was mm -hmm. very good. Uh, all right. Moving right along. Gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Thousands of peaches. Thousands of peaches. Peaches for spinning the wheel of possibility. That's not the song. <laughs> It's the Ten Rings Organized Zetuan. Wow, that's not how you spell that word. That says Organized Zetuan. 
<laughs> or toying, I suppose. Look, I was in a rush because somebody showed up late. Um, that's that's not how that works. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> what you've said doesn't work. Now, um, the Ten Rings, the organization. This is their first. Um, it's not their first time in the MCU, but it's the first time we get to see like the real Ten Rings. Um, we've they they've been there since the very beginning in Iron Man. Um, they showed up again in Iron Man three as a facade. Um, they where what else have they? They've like popped up. Oh, All Hail the King is the big one, which is important viewing, and now on Disney Plus for you to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important. I think this continues to do what Marvel has been so expertly doing for the past little bit is going back and making things matter in the old movies while continuing to creating new things. It's it's like it's the weirdest thing. It's like with Captain America, the first Avenger. That movie was good and I loved it a lot. Captain America was like my favorite. So like I love that movie regardless. But the further out we get from that movie, the more important and better it becomes just by like the what Marvel's doing with that character, which is really amazing. And there's now doing it with other films and they're making things matter more and they're making you care more about stuff. And it's, it's, it's what, it's what a smart, like it's exactly what you should be doing is you should be building upon what's come before it and increasing it and making it matter while also creating these new things. And boy, using the 10 rings and pairing it with Shang-Chi and creating this whole new amazing world while also going back and being able to watch Iron Man one and Iron Man three and go, Oh, this matters more, even more than it already mattered. It was like, how much, how much could Iron Man one matter more in the MCU? It pot, it could honestly, it shouldn't matter more. It's already the most important <laughs> film, arguably in the MCU. And then they're like, oh, fucking hold on. I can do it better. And they make you care more and they make you go back and start connecting pieces when like, can you guys imagine going back and watching everything fresh for the first time? Can you imagine watching Shang-Chi first and then being like, I really love that. I want to go back and watch the MCU now and being like the first time being like, holy shit, this has been planned for since 2008. Like that's nuts. It's so good. So I just read good. a friend that had a magical ability to uh, do all the MCU movies for the first time. And she Amazing. chronicled it on Facebook. And I was so jealous. Was it Heather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I got to watch Endgame with Hi, her. Hi, Heather. I hope you're well listening to our podcast. Probably not, since you just watched the MCU movies for the first time ever. Uh, Heather came over to my friend Joe's house and he set up his projection screen. We watched Endgame together and they invited me over. So I got to you watch got to Endgame, watch with, Endgame with her. It was the best. It was the oh, best. Man, I'm so jealous. To be able to be on a big screen and watch someone watch Endgame for the first time and feel all those feelings and like just sobbing when I at the end. And I was just like sitting there, like I started sobbing again. I was like, was like literally a Dementor being like, I felt like Winnie in Hocus Pocus. I was like holding them just like, <laughs> maybe, yes. Your TikTok uh, it was the, has figured was out the that my algorithm wants me to experience that. And I often have videos of just people watching Endgame for the first time or like Marvel movies, like reaction videos. And that's like half oh. my TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I'm, I'm good with this. It's I such a good feeling because just experiencing that with someone for the first time is the best. But oh my God, this, one of them I saw was te- this. What I saw was a little boy. And he was just like, I don't know, like 10. 
just sobbing when Tony dies. And he's like, but he's coming back, right? <laughs> and the funeral oh, happened. No. And he was like, oh, no. no. I was like, you poor little child. Oh, oh no. Man. It's it's so good. And that's just like, that's the thing in the story. Like, I know that this topic is supposed to be the organization itself, but it's like what it represents in like the story. Like the fact that it was part of the very first MCU movie and to make it matter so much more like the history of this world is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I think dovetailing it into I, I'm gonna sort of steal steal a pie from the wheel. I think it's just a good time to do it. That's fine. This is we're, we're pretty late. Yeah, <laughs> we're running pretty long. Um, is that the fact that this this, this is gonna continue? Like it's the 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 post credit scene was was uh, Shang Chi's ch- sister uh, taking over the ten rings when she was supposed to like get rid of it. And the, the 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 teaser didn't say Shang Chi will return. It didn't say any particular character return. Mm-mm. It said the Ten Rings will return, which is really interesting and exciting. And also, I'd like to point out because we talked about this during the Black Widow episode, is there's now an army of Black Widows running around the world. There's now Ooh. a second women-based army running around the there's two there were men too there were men too. that was her thing she was equal opportunity unlike her yes there was no saying no it was any including scarface (laughs) razor fist razor face sorry um but now there's these two new armies both feasibly fighting for good on earth what does that mean what does that mean (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just to take a little like lady take on this, the storyline of Jiling, the sister character on um, Shang-Chi, for me was just, you know, Marvel's finally paying attention to the ladies and I'm really appreciating it. The story arc of her being excluded from the training, being kept apart um, from this journey that her brother went on, even though for him it was a really it was a big struggle and it's not like it was something you wanted to do, but it was, there's still something to be said for grieving the loss of her mother, grieving the loss of her family structure. She knew it ultimately grieving the loss of her brother running away and still being made to feel as other or less than because she wasn't worth putting the effort into because she was a woman watching her build that dark under ring up herself, like her scary little fight club thing that she had going, but she still had this organ. She like organized crime. And she was kind of like a crime boss and she did that herself and she earned that herself and she taught herself. And then to watch her when she went to Tao Lo Lo, and she got to train with people, not alone, that she was just as valued as her brother there, that they were equals. And then to see her take over the 10 rings and like turn it into something like remembering that this, this arc that she went on wasn't exactly the same arc that her brother went on. It's not surprising that she did this. I mean, look where we found her. Mm. Um, So anyways, I just thought it was so exciting. I can't wait to see the 10 rings in the next endeavor. It was exciting. Why don't we tie that right in? I mean, she connects all of these things we're talking about, the post-credit scene, the Mm -hmm. the 10 rings organization, and the other pizza slice, uh, the first rule of Black Market Fight Club. Let's talk about the Black Market Fight Club um what a fun fucking scene bus boy it's bus boy (laughs) i love that he became famous from his bus fight i loved the just the whole the scene itself and then the the fight scene that followed was some of the most exciting action scenes i've seen in the film in a long time but let's get to the let's get to the mean potatoes of it real quickly here 
We saw Wong and we saw Emil Blonsky, the abomination, fighting in a ring for money. Mm-hmm. And, and then seemed to be friends after, like they were training together in some kind of their after. own secret fight club that I feel like Bruce probably doesn't know about because he'd be mad. That looked like, well, the portal they walked through, that kind of looked like the raft to me. That's what I was thinking. As oh, well. did it? So, I didn't yeah. see, I did not yeah. notice. When, when he opens it back up and they go back in, it looks like a prison, like the raft. And does so Wong's breaking into the raft and breaking out Emil Blonsky, who he's friends with, and their buddies trying to make money in a fight ring. Also, we see in the trailer of No Way Home, Wong leaving the Sanctum Sanctorum through a... What, in, what is Wong up to? <laughs> I actually wrote Coulson. that in my notes. My notes literally say, Wong, what is going on? <laughs> what are you up to, Wong? Also, interestingly enough, I think after Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, he will have been in more movies as Wong than as Wolver- as uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He will overtake as being the, the most played character in comic books. Like he will have been in the most movies as his character than uh, anybody else, which is interesting. Even Iron Man? I think he's getting there. Even he's Black like- Widow? Guys, listen, I'm just saying what I think I saw. Okay. I, he's, he's, he's getting up there. Um- I, I also want to point out in that club, we also got to see uh, somebody with the extremist virus. Yes, in the in the, in the smaller in the, fighting, the pits. smaller fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who he was fighting. Definitely but, had the extremists though. Yeah, um, and yeah, there, I feel like there was some other like henchman from. Something. I know. I should. I need to watch that scene again because I bet either I was watching, going, I'm missing something. I know I'm missing something yeah. because it was so exciting. Um, and then is that the only thing? They didn't have too many Easter eggs in that scene. It was just. It was just fun, and we got more Wong, which more Wong's always a win. And in Abomination had his had his uh had his fins. fins, which is more comic book accurate for Abomination than he had. He didn't have them in the original. Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton. That's what we named our, our podcast after. I heard a cat. I heard a cat too. Sounds like those. Oh, cats it's my are cat. Hungry. No, it's. Oh, is it your cat? It's also my cat because they're also hungry. Mm. Um, cats are hungry. All right. I hope we this get. This happens see that if we level. get past nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, we're we're going late tonight. It's it's a uh, it's it's. It's after hours at this point. So there's only there's two no things rules. left. We, we've tied okay. together um, the first rule of Black Market Fight Club and post credits. So there's only two, two things left. Things left. Um, I'm going to spin that. I'm going to spin that. Yes! <laughs> uh, my name is Trevor. Trevor Slattery. <laughs> uh, our sweet boy. Uh, speaking of making things matter and the Marvel touch Holy and going back, um, it is no yeah. secret that I love Iron Man 3. I think it is the most underappreciated <laughs> of all the MCU films, and that's an actually very good movie. And those who didn't like it didn't didn't like they're looking. They can't see the forest through the trees, for lack of a better term. Um, and one of the reasons why I love it so much was because of Trevor Slattery. Um, it's so the fact that we got more Trevor and he was actually a fairly important part of the plot. Mm. Um, it was, I, everything he said, I laughed at, I was, they got literally a legendary actress or Ben Kingsley 
to come back and to talk to a weird faceless dog with wings <laughs> um, and just apparently have a really good time. Uh, I don't know what more I could have wanted, uh, but for me, I just loved it so goddamn much. I, I mean, Mia, you were sitting right next to me. When, mm-hmm. when he appeared on screen, I lost all movie theater decorum and it's just true. started laughing as loud as I could because it, it was the funniest. I was so happy, happier than if they brought Red Skull back. The fact that they brought Ben Kingsley back for exactly what you said to like play with a faceless CGI dog. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, the, oh man, it, it, the movie if the movie had not been perfect up to that point already that just pushed it over and i was like oh okay yeah this thank you marvel like i i was i was speechless and just laughing and i felt like i felt like a kid in a candy store i mean it was seeing a new marvel movie and also seeing one of my favorite side characters of all time return yeah I feel like they had the exact amount of Trevor Slattery that it was that they were able to do and get away with it. And that would satisfy Jake and Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, if we had just seen him in the dungeon and then left him behind, that would have been fine. Like, but you could do more Ben Kingsley. And they I just think like, that, that, that like, right there, Mia, and we do was a, before is, it's too much. And they walked right up to the line and then they stopped and they didn't cross it, but they walked right the frack up to it. They were like, how close can I get exactly this close? It's a reenactment of the producers of this movie in like a meeting, a planning meeting for it. Mm-hmm. Apparently they asked him there and he was like, immediately like, yes, of course. Of course I'll do it. Like, which makes me even <laughs> happier that he was like jumped at the chance to go back and to do more of it. Um, I just, I fucking had such a fun time seeing him again. And I think you're right. Like they didn't overuse him. Like they could have beaten the horse to the ground pretty quickly with him, but they made him matter enough to give them some, some exposition while also letting him be sort of like the key to get in there. And then that was like, what else do you need? Like what a fun time. What a good laugh. <laughs> The part where Puppy plays dead with him. <laughs> him and Morris. Him and Morris have the sweetest little friendship. He's clean now, too. He's not on drugs anymore. So he's, like, remembering all of his acting and his, like, Shakespeare. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a really wonderful, like, good joke that, again, makes Iron Man 3 play even better now yeah. because it matters more in the end. So, like, if, if you didn't enjoy it because you were, like, let's up the Mandarin, like, now you have, like, this you know, it evolves and grows and is just what a good time, man. I loved it. What a blast. And <laughs> I will, I will say would Jake, you turned to me right after the movie. and was like, what, 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 what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway? And I was like, Trevor Slattery. And you're like, that, that, that's it. <laughs> Listen, I, I, that's a fair takeaway. It, I was I, just making sure that was your one takeaway. The movie was so good and, and Trevor Slattery to me was was like the icing on the cake that I never knew I always wanted and I think I, I want to go back and rewatch Iron Man 3 now just to see how it hits. Well it's almost Christmas season so it's almost time to watch it. I watch it every Christmas. It's the be- Me too. It's the such a good Christmas movie. 
You know, it's really funny because I know a lot of people hate that movie. But for me, you know, how there's that moment where like you are able to relate to a character on screen and it just makes it that much better. I have panic attacks and watching Tony have a have a very real the one he has on the side of the road next to the car specifically is so real and you so very rarely see hero type characters be vulnerable like that show that weakness and like for me it was really debilitating for a really long time like i didn't do theater for a decade because i was afraid i was gonna have a panic attack on stage and i can't like if i have one i can't do anything about it and it took a really long time to get myself to a place where like i knew how to handle it um and so watching tony go through like i personally iron man 3 is one of my favorites because i have that moment where i can relate to him i i read similarly how um there were a lot of people with autism that when they saw the first guardians had this really strong connection with drax um seeing somebody being like literal and having it like but he's not an outsider because of it and they don't make fun of him because of it like nobody ever makes fun of him because of it. their laugh lines in the movies but like you make fun of him because he thinks he's invisible when he stands still not because he's literal and i just it's one of those things where like for me tony and and the panic attacks that he has in iron man 3 make that movie special for me personally i I think that's something anyone that bashes it mm, i agree that movie deserves a lot uh, Shane Black did a really good job with that movie and it's it's it did something um, and I don't I, I'm not saying this to be a jerk uh, I'm saying it because I think so that summer Dark Knight Rises came out at the same time Iron Man 3 came out it was like weeks apart and both movies tried to do the same thing um, Dark Knight Rises tried to show that Bruce Wayne is Batman regardless of like Batman is Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne is Batman like that that no matter that there's there's no difference between the two of them they are who they are and then same thing with Iron Man 3, like Iron Man 3 stripped the armor away from Tony and tried to be like, no, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Like that's that's the hero is Tony. The problem with Dark Knight Rises and why I didn't like it is because Bruce Wayne, Batman is Batman. Bruce Wayne isn't Batman. Batman's Batman. And like that's Bruce Wayne is the disguise. Batman is who he is. But mm-hmm. they did the same thing where Tony, but Tony is Iron Man. If you strip away the, and it's exactly what Cap said, take away the armor, who are you? Genius bil- billionaire. Billionaire playboy genius. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's the movie where he finally becomes, you strip away the armor and he doesn't need the armor. He's clever enough to sneak into that building by himself. He builds all this shit. He makes it without his armor and is able to get to where he needs to go. And you, you learn that Tony's the hero, not Iron Man. And so, yeah, like, like the mo- and, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to completely agree with you. But the moments where Tony connects with us are when Tony is being the hero, like in Ultron, when he fights the suits without a suit on. He like leaps from a balcony. And you're like, what are you doing, Tony? In uh, Winter Soldier, when um, when uh, they're tra- he's trying to escape and all he has is his little watch. Oh, Civil and War. He, yeah, he, and the, the look on his face when Winter Soldier shoots the gun and he realizes like, oh, sorry, it's Civil War that is happening when he shoots the gun and he realizes like his eyes pop wide open, but it doesn't make him stop. Like the whole Iron Man three siege of the the compound when he's not in a suit, like it is Tony, it is Tony when, and the, the ultimate obviously being on, um, well, end game, but also when he's on Titan and, and his helmet gets crushed off his freaking head 
it yeah. doesn't stop him from giving it his all to protect the people of Earth and those he loves and those he doesn't even know. Like he is, he is Iron Man. Tony is Iron Man. So Jake, I have you. You've just posited or deposited a theory into my brain as to why Iron Man three may not be the most liked film with Iron Man, um, and why it's the lowest is because in every other Iron Man film, I feel like, or most of them, the villain or the the antagonist is uh, is uh, is really showcasing. Iron Man sins. I mean, I guess the Mandarin is kind of, but by making Tony the the hero, like we know that Tony's the hero, and it's his him trying to overcome his struggles. With with Iron Man three, it feels like a more direct, just like one to one. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna cut that. I don't know. No, I know. No, I know. But I know what you're saying is like it's it subverted all expectations of what Iron Man three was supposed to be in people's minds. Hmm. Mandarin's possibly Iron Man's most famous villain, at least the one that like most people associate with him from the comics for all faults that that character has in the comic history. Um, So people thought that this final movie was going to be like a big showdown between him and his big villain. That's what everyone thought it was going to be. And it's, uh, and this is why I love Shang-Chi so much because it makes you have these discussions about the prior movie. So I just want to sort of tie that into that. Yeah. It makes you think more about the past that's come before it. Um, in, instead of focusing on the villains, it, it focused on Tony and making Tony the interesting character, which is a beautiful, it's, it's why that movie resonated so much with me because it was such big character work and made you care about Tony and it made what followed in Age of Ultron, Civil War, and everything else that followed matter more because now you understood who Tony was. Mm. And if you didn't have Iron Man 3, you wouldn't have gotten to a spot where you finally knew that Tony was the hero. Because in Iron Man 1, in Avengers, in Iron Man 2, he was still kind of a dick. You know, him and Cap got to it. Like, yeah, of course, Tony's still a little bit of a dick. But like Iron Man 3, you finally learned, no, he's he is the hero. He's been through it. He's worked through it. He stripped the armor away. What are you? That movie answered Cap's question from Avengers that he is a hero. And yeah. that's why we cared so much. And that's why we cried for him in, in Endgame. Without Iron Man 3, you wouldn't have gotten there. And Shang-Chi, I think, takes a lot from that and pulls that character work out is able to place it into their movie where we learned a lot and cared about a lot of these characters very quickly. Like I feel very strongly about a lot of these characters in Shang-Chi so quickly because of, and it's because of the work that they've done throughout these movies to learn what plays, what doesn't. Yep. Um, so what do you do in this movie? You take characters that you've sort of created, but haven't been defined and you make us care about them and show that who the hero is. And I, um, I just love it a lot. I think I'm, I'm happy we discussed this and I'm happy that you two feel uh, feel strongly about Iron Man 3 as well because I think that, that movie does a lot of really heavy lifting that doesn't get credit for in the MCU. So, the only remaining topic is Fing Fang Foom Goes the Dynamite. And it doesn't, I think this, we'll, 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 let's turn this into a where do you think Shang-Chi 2 is going to go? What, what, uh, our, our, are we are we gonna go to the home world of Fing Fang Foom? Um, what's what what theories do we have for Fing Fang? Not Fing Fang Foom. Shang Chi too. I'm gonna send this over to Mia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I, guess, 
I, I mean, I speculated during the who is the beacon calling out to. Um, do we know the timing of Shang-Chi too? Because I feel like the next time we see no. Shang-Chi, it's not going to be in a solo film. I think he's going to be I pulled agree. into some kind of team effort. Um, and that's why he's engaging already cross cross films. I think that's why Wong came to pick him up. So I guess my theory war. is not that, yeah, like not that, not about what Shang-Chi 2 is going to be about, but rather, you know, where is Shang-Chi going to fit into this next phase of the MCU? Um, like, and that I need to think on. I mean, we know that there's going to be some intergalactic type storylines going on uh, because of what we've seen with the Eternals trailer, um, because of what we've seen um, with the aliens um, in WandaVision and what we've been setting up there. And we know there's some multiverse stuff going on. Um, but I anticipate seeing Shang-Chi more related to that intergalactic bit um, that we're going to. And I don't know if maybe he leaves Earth. I feel like there's going to be some like space stuff. We, yeah. Anyways, that's my, that's my next theory. Aquafina in space. I love too, that they came and grabbed her as well. Yeah, and I guess too. that that was kind of maybe why they made her have the winning shot. Um, so that we could justify why she needs to come along. Um, but happy to have her there. Yeah. Jake. I think the beacon, I think space is the right way to think. To do it i don't think they're gonna go to space yet i think they're gonna bring space to them <laughs> um for lack mm -hmm. of a better term um because again like creating this bigger world that clearly these 10 rings are they wouldn't have said they found in a crater if if not for a reason so i think this is going to play a bigger part in what's to come as far as avengers 4 and going forward we don't know anything about we know that there's no avengers in phase four so what's to come in phase five besides Blade? We know that they're working on Avengers 4 for something. And I think Shang-Chi will be part of phase five, whatever that may be, with Blade and with Avengers. Um, I think you're going to have an early Shang-Chi in phase five that'll lead you into whatever is going to come in Avengers, I guess, technically five. Um, mm -hmm. hmm, interesting, interesting. Okay. Uh. I have a feeling uh, that, and just looking ahead, I I, I also think Shang Chi is going to go galactic, um, because I like I'm just thinking about what they're currently building in the MCU with uh, the Countess Baroness Val, whatever um, Val, uh, and the Dark Avengers are they the or, or no we Thunderbolts. Don't Thunderbolts Thunderbolts or Dark Thunderbolts. Avengers yeah. Thunderbolts one, one, it's, I think it's a split between the two yeah. ideas it's as they do they're gonna pick from what they want and meld it together but they so far they seem like very um uh earth level vil villain hero anti-heroes and who she's recruited at this point Shang-Chi could just flatten easily so that's why I think he's got to go galactic because what what she's putting together is going to be what like the black widows are going to go up against or you know somebody who's more earth-based um will have to fight uh, i think it's super important that he talked to carol i think that's something that we shouldn't overlook is like those power levels are like hulk carol and shang chi chalk together like those are three of the highest long right like of most powerful characters we have in the mcu at this point right now and yeah, that was the other reason why I was thinking he might go galactic 
as yeah, well. That's very because fair. who did Carol. we see? Like we saw the beacon out to space. Carol's there. I don't know. And your theory earlier about secret wars, like tying this into secret wars, uh, I think that that fits in perfectly too. So because you're talking about um, you know scrolls and who has all dealings with the scrolls, Carol. So um, I definitely see Shang-Chi rising above. Um, but that, my dear friends, is the point where that sweet, salty, caramel salty? ska music will kick right in. No one's in. ever described a song like that before. Mia, Jake, you wanna, you wanna tell the audience a couple of things? Well, I do some math magician. Math magician? While Caleb does math magician, if you could please like and follow and subscribe us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, leave a review because I would love to know that people out there exist. Would I'm we have a beacon Wait, do you not out think to our fans out of here? Do you not do think they? Because like exist? I really haven't left my house much since COVID started. Like, is there? there yeah, there's a, a lot of people who live out there. Oh, man. All right, I'm done my math. It was very intensive. I, I Quadratic think, formulas. I think bound. everybody. I think everybody got one awarding of points, and I'm pretty sure Mia wins with seven. So this week in last place, like always, is me, Caleb, with five points. I give you five. Thanks, Jake. Um, I, I'm the worst because I don't award points ever. I don't no. know if you guys have noticed, but I just forget that we can do that she's a hoarder of points i think i awarded points to both of you actually Um, oh you did it was you two did it and i did nothing (laughs) so if i win it feels unfair in second place is jake with 6.5 points hey i was close mia i was close if i had awarded literally anyone points i wouldn't be winning right now it's true uh, and then in first place is <laughs> Mia with seven Woo! points. She beat Jake. This by is a why point. I give no points. No, I'm just kidding. You did it. You're the winner. Selfish. Um, <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm a bad person. That is us for all person? folks. Thanks for joining each other. Fun? Me and I Jake. Hope you had fun. I hope you had fun. Um, if you didn't, you can uh, say to yourself, I don't care for that. And you'll feel a little like Jake. I don't care um, for that. <laughs> Um, thanks again for joining us all. Uh, I promise we will, we're looking at, uh, slightly longer episodes, maybe distributed a little less often. So, you know, you can listen to us on your way to work and then on your way home, you can finish the episode. And Um, then you'll just hear us whenever we goddamn feel like it. Yeah. We we're putting stuff out, but we'll definitely do stuff for what if then we've got eternals then Spider-Man and Hawkeye musical. Miss Marvel. And so, then we have Doctor Strange. Keep your ear to the ground. And then we have so many movies coming to us. Yeah, and uh, and I think I think Eternals is where they'll finally bring into the canon MCU the Inhumans. Stop! Stop! Get end the episode. Stop talking. Bye, everybody. <laughs> the podcast Bye. is over. It's done. <laughs> <laughs>